Welcome to Beyond the Shadows on the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost story, Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is our chat shenanigator from the edge of the rabbit hole and a fantastic writer in her own right, Shauna Wunkel. <laughs> She's like, hey. Okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about the effects of horror movies on paranormal culture. Uh, this has been a, uh, we've taken a look at this a couple times before. It's been an interesting topic. You know, we've talked about, um, you know, Hollywood demons versus real demons and things like that. Um, but it's interesting to me how the horror movies that are out there that, you know, they're great. They're enjoyable. We love them. Um, they're fantastic entertainment. But they have really given an impression to those in the in the genre, in the community that enjoy those type of movies also enjoy the paranormal, uh, ghost hunting, investigating the paranormal, paranormal investigations, all of that. It's giving them an impression of what the paranormal ought to be when a lot of times it's just not. You know, um, I kind of want to start off, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, back up here in time a little bit. And I think the, the real first big one was like The Exorcist. And if you notice around that time frame, the Exorcist comes out, scared the crap out of everybody, and then all of a sudden the Catholic Church started receiving all of these calls for exorcisms, yeah. which, you know, they mm. really wasn't called for, you know, in a lot of uh, cases in which maybe they just had a haunting going on. And that happens a lot too. And that's happening in today's culture right now where you're having a lot of these movies come out where everything is you know a demon it's all demon related uh movies and television shows and so now everybody that has a haunting going on in their house believes that they have a demon so and i know we've talked about this plenty of times what do you think i think probably one of the most no don't get me wrong i like scary movies um you know they're good for they're good entertainment, you know, but then, you know, especially if you have like the paranormal movies or the network paranormal shows and, you know, people are showing up and behaving like they do in these shows and in these movies. And then they're like, you know, why, why is this not happening? You know, why am I wasting my money going on this, you know, hunt or whatever if nothing's going to happen this is how it happens on tv why isn't it happening you know it just doesn't happen that way yeah that does play into a lot of these you know public ghost hunts that people host i mean they do them down there at mineral springs which we're we are very familiar with in other locations as well across the country and people are expecting to get um you know scared out of their shoes you know we we talked about it actually this past uh, weekend with Silcon because they're doing the investigation there at the old Charleston Hospital. Tom McNicholas is down there. He was there. And you had those guys that were goofing around. They're expecting a scare, realizing that, oh, we're, we're not going to have like an actual demon, you know, jump out and bite our face off. So they decided to go and hide. And as, you know, we're coming down the hall and into that one utility room, they throw a dustpan at my feet thinking that I'm going to get scared and jump, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that's kind of where this, you know, culture of the horror movies has taken us to. That everybody's looking for the big jump scare on these, you know, public ghost hunts and investigations. You know, just be patient because, you know, I get jump scares at paranormal investigations and they're actual authentic, you know, spirit you know, jump scares. Uh, every once in a while, one of them will come at you when you're not paying attention. And, um, you know, these these spirits, you know, these haunted venues, they're actually, if they're, you know, legitimately haunted, it doesn't have to happen like it does in the movies. You know, but sometimes the real thing is, you know, by far more entertaining for me than anything I could watch in a movie theater. Um, because in the movie theater, you know, you always, almost always find out what happens in the end. You know, 
when you're dealing with an investigation, you don't always know what happens at the end. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's it ongoing. Going, <laughs> yeah. You know, and some people are looking for that quick, um, quick scare. No, um, instant gratification. Instant gratification. I'm asking okay. a question. I'm getting an answer. Oh yeah, like pardon with the ghost me while okay. I roll my eyes. I mean, I am sorry, but be patient. You know, the radio doesn't talk to you. Spirits don't talk. Spirits don't always talk like that. You know, I understand. It's very frustrating. I get it. You know, I ask questions a lot of times. I don't get an answer to them, but that's part of adulting. Nope. You know, I'm a big girl. I can handle disappointment. That's why I just keep doing it over and over and over again. Eventually, someone's going to give me an answer, and I'm going to be there when it happens. So, uh, yeah, that kind of got off the topic of movies, but it's all right. you know, I understand where you're coming from. But it's but it's, the it's the influence. It's the influence of, and that's what we're talking about is the effects. What effects do the movies, and you know, it can include the television shows as well, have on our paranormal culture? So that is. That is the effect when people come into these locations after having viewed some of these movies. Uh, Robert Hanna threw down in there the entity 1981 with Barbara Hersey based off of true events. Um, a majority of the movie is, but once they get into like that whole scientific experiment and all that that they were setting up, that's where it like really derails from what really happened. Hers was a continuing ongoing case. It didn't end. It, it basically followed her wherever she went. So um, the, and the writer of the book followed uh, along with her. Um, but you, you kind of look back on that history, you know, even from a um, uh, from a cinematic viewpoint, where you know the the Exorcist inspired you know those movies like the Amityville Horror, you know that that was the next big thing was was that one. The the Entity was another one, kind of you know following after. You know, you, you started seeing you know a, a lot of themed movies, even though they were supposed to be based off of real incidents. The Amityville Horror, of course, very controversial with, you know, whether it was really based off of something real or not. We're going to have uh, Alexandra Holzer on Edge of the Rabbit Hole next week, and we'll be talking about that because her, her father, Hans Holzer, uh, was involved with that in Amityville, um, The Possession, Amityville 2, uh, was based off of, uh, was mostly based off of his work. So, yeah, you see this, you, you saw that during the 70s and early 80s like that, and you see it now with the Conjuring movie universe where, you know, again, it's all, you know, demon, demon, demon. Um, now they have this nun demon, which isn't, <laughs> which is just a name that they pulled out of the old uh, Goetic grimoires, and it isn't even real. They base a whole movie off of her, and people are thinking that this stuff is real, which is why we've done many of the videos that we have is kind of to explain Here's the actual real truth behind these cases, because uh, people are just mistaken, you know. Um, right now, and I, th I threw it down in the description here for the event, uh, Andrea Perrin right now, because of the first Conjuring movie, and how everybody thinks that that's what really happened, to the point where they went to the cemetery, Bathsheba uh, Sherman's grave, and actually destroyed the headstone, um, and desecrated the grave, not understanding what really happened. Um, she's putting together a, a, she wrote her trilogy of books. She's working on a movie trilogy. So there's a Kickstarter campaign uh, to, that has just been initiated yesterday to start on that. So check out the, uh, the link for that. Um, you know, but it just, you know, that's also an effect of the movies that people will go to these grave sites thinking that Bathsheba Sherman is this demon that, uh, that possessed uh, Carolyn Perrin, which never happened carolyn parent did not get possessed uh but they saw that in the movies so they go to the, the the cemetery and destroy the headstone you know that's that's a very negative effect yeah unfortunately you know and then some of these some of these scary movies some of the stuff you know they're and some of it could be based on actual historical facts you know and then they just spice it up a little bit but you know then people start you know, taking the spice as truth too. And then they're like, well, you know, oh no, you know, now that this is a terrible thing, but, but, um, it is by far a more positive thing to 
you know, take what you're watching with these movies with a grain of salt and do your research. You know, find out if there's some actual truth, facts. You know, uh, there may not be. It may just be someone's wild imagination. You don't know. But um, I'm more interested in what, you know, what the muse was behind the, the subject, behind the movie. I always want to know that. So, yeah, absolutely. Darren yeah. Buss throws down there Blair Witch Project when it came out. Uh, people thought it was a real thing. Yeah, you know, it was um, one of those found footage films. And I actually lived in Frederick, Maryland at the time that the Blair Witch Project came out. And the, the town in question there, Burkittsville, is just, you know, right up the, the road, a couple of miles outside of town. And so that was like huge, you know, when I lived there. Um, everybody was talking about that. Uh, the locals, of course, knew it wasn't real. <laughs> but uh, everybody else around the country who had uh, seen the movie, you know, thought it was real. So there was like an influx of people into the area uh, to to check out the Burkittsville area and wander the woods and, and stuff like that, thinking that all of this was was real. And so, you know, I, I like some of the different found footage films. Um, you know, the like the first Paranormal Activity movie, I thought was really well done. Um, the movie As Above, So Below is kind of done in that similar fashion although they never say it's found footage um it's kind of like a, a mishmash of documentary style and in found footage type of stuff um so i think the style is, is interesting but again it, it gives people this perception that this story that they're showing up on the screen is absolutely true and i get that is for a scare tactic and to thrill people but it also becomes confusing for people so, um, so let's see. Um, yeah, Sherry, your sister says she cannot watch The Exorcist at all. Um, <laughs> well, and you know, and speaking of uh, The Exorcist, so we had um, Dr. Heather Lynn on. She, we've had her on twice now. And we had her on here just a few months ago when her book, Evil Archaeology, came out, uh, which you know, features the big Pazuzu on, on the front of the book, but her um, inspiration for that book came from the uh, the case of a guy, and this really happened, where uh, he thought that he was sacrificing people, like he was murdering people to appease Pazuzu, because basically he had watched The Exorcist a little too, too many times or, or something. Of course, he was off his rocker somewhere. Um, so I'm not saying that the movie The Exorcist made him do it, but it did put a thought into his head that his sick mind just ran with. So you end up with stuff like that too, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Robert Hanna, I saw the Haunting of Connecticut documentary years before the movie came out. Um, the movie was totally the opposite of what the actual story is. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the problem with, with you know a lot of these movies. I mean, Amityville Horror was, you know, done solely you know to uh to piggyback off of uh the exorcist um you know just the popularity that i had had gotten at the time let's piggyback with another type of ghost story and so and i know it's a controversial topic but i i do believe that it was completely fabricated and that you know when the lawyer comes forth and says yeah we created a story of a couple of bottles of wine i believe them um so you see that, and then you see, you know, like today's day and age, the, um, you know, again, it's a great set of movies, but, you know, the Conjuring series, you know, we already talked about, you know, the the Perrin case. Um, yeah, Carol did not get possessed. It was the Sam's gone bad, and, um, you know, basically Roger punched out Ed, and that was that. <laughs> and, it, and it was a haunting that occurred for 10 years, you know, it was never eradicated. There was there are many spirits that are there, and they've they're opening the house back up. Um, there are new owners now. We're actually going to have uh, Corey Heinsohn on uh, the beginning of October. We'll talk about that. Um, but then even the second one, uh, the Enfield Poltergeist case, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren weren't really involved with that. They showed up for like a day. They tried to push themselves into the situation, and. You know, some of the stuff I, I will say. You know the uh, you know the controversial photos and all that. They included that in the movie, so I'll give them props for that. Um, 
the other one, the big coming out of that series is uh, Annabelle. So now everybody's into the creepy dolls. Right. So, I mean, think about, okay, at the end of this month, you know, effect of all of this, creating the zombie dolls. You have yeah. a, you have two different effects here, okay? Because zombies became really popular with The Walking Dead and all that. And everybody's into the creepy dolls and everything now because of movies like Annabelle. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I mean, I, I didn't used to like dolls, to be honest. Um, actually, I take that back. It's those one creepy porcelain dolls. Those just creep me out. And I like regular dolls. I'm fine with dolls, but it's those porcelain ones that just, just something about their eyes just gets me. Now, I'll paint one and sell it. I may not, you know, feel too thrilled about handling it or whatever, but, and I don't want to keep one on the property, so for sure I'm going to get rid of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, create your own zombie doll. That, that event is fun. It is so fun. Um, and and I've, I've talked to other people at that event. They're like, I don't usually like dolls, but, you know, it, this, this is fun. This is fun, <laughs> you know. Um, I watched, I, I didn't watch Annabelle. Did, any Annabelle movies. I didn't watch okay, Annabelle. you didn't watch the Annabelle movies, but you saw the first Conjuring. But right. I, the, the Conjuring yeah. series, yeah. Um, but I'd never really seen any movies about dolls you know, prior to becoming freaked out by them, I just, uh, at the cafe, there was a ton of porcelain dolls and they lined the place. I mean, they were oh, up wow. above on a shell and they were just, ugh. and, and we would investigate there at night and, um, everywhere you walked, it just felt like they were just in you know, all at one time, just watching you everywhere you went. I was, and then finally we we moved the dolls. They got moved, you know, into storage and stuff like that because, ugh, you know, I don't know what it is. It's so different about porcelain dolls and regular dolls, but just to me, they all just give off this weird, creepy vibe. And I don't know if it's just me. It's probably just me. <laughs> I think a lot of people have that creepy. Vibe. I don't. I don't. I mean, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of creepy. But I'm. I'm looking at it like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Cool, you know. Um, but there are a lot of people that actually get uh, creeped out uh, about that. So. Um, Marcellus Walensky makes a good point. Um, what based on a true story doesn't mean is it's completely factual. So yeah, basically when you see that it's based on a true story, you know that there's going to be a lot of stuff made up in it. They might have one or two facts if you're lucky. <laughs> well, they will have they will have one or two facts that are that are true because they have to have something in there that's true. Yeah. Uh, but a, a lot of times you're going to find a lot of fabrication. Um Darren Buss, I'm very interested in the Amityville house. Would love to investigate it just to find out myself if it's, if it's haunted. And so this is interesting, talking about the effects of, of paranormal uh, in horror movies. So it actually had an effect on me that helped propel me into this. You know, so it is something that piqued my interest. I mean, it's it's not all you know negative effects. There are some you know positives that you know it it piqued my curiosity. I wanted to know more, and so by it was actually from reading the book and then I saw the movie after um you know that I had this desire to go to that house and find out what really happened there and to see if it really was haunted um so I mean that's that's kind of a positive at least to me mm-hmm. you know, at least as far as my origins because I'm very happy to be involved with all this now so um and Marcellus Walensky I like movies like the others with Nicole Kidman it makes you think and so that's another I like that one yeah a lot yeah that was cool it's a very cool movie uh highly recommend it and it is one that yeah I mean it's not in it in your face with a bunch of jump scares and gore or anything like that it's very subtle and it does have a twist ending that makes you think and so um you know that is actually a positive effect there because it makes you think about other possibilities when it comes to the paranormal that hey maybe these ghosts and spirits out there actually see us as ghosts and spirits so it makes you wonder how all of this works yeah i remember that movie 
we got to the theater. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, I watched it again. I mean, not too long after. It was mm-hmm. it was a good one. I enjoy it. It's yeah. like up there in the top five of my favorite paranormal movies. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things that has made me question how time really works because we do hear uh, from some people that we talk to that have told us their experiences that you know they you know they saw a spirit in their house they saw a ghost and it looked at them as if they were the ghosts that you know they had walked into the room and you know it was like they were the apparition and so it makes you. Th- wonder and think okay so if you're walking into the room you see somebody in 19th century garb and you know it's an intelligent haunt and that means you're seeing somebody from that time frame but if they're looking at you and they're like oh my god there's a ghost or would you look at that or whatever um they're actually having a glimpse of the future so it makes you really wonder how time is working here in that location so yeah a movie like the others really makes you think about how paranormal activity in the spiritual world works. Mm-hmm. So, so that is a positive effect there. Um, so Zippy is asking, have you gotten a chance to talk to the new owners of the house? He's talking about the, the old parent farmhouse. Yes, I have. Uh, when I was at Ocean State Paracon back in uh, July, I got to speak with him. Uh, we've chatted a little bit over Facebook, and we're going to have him on as a guest October 8th. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Dustin Samaria loves doll effects in horror movies. Best film for him is The Dolls, 1986. Cool. Um, there's some talk about Child's Play down there, and they just remade Child's Play again. So... Um, Jeske Wilson, what's the name of that boy doll who was made for a little boy and he kept it all of his life? Um, wasn't not that sure. That Robert the Doll? Well, Robert the Doll wasn't, I mean, he might be talking about Robert the Doll, but it wasn't made for him. And there's actually a big gap of time where he didn't have it. So when he went off um, <clears throat> on his own, because he, he got he got sent away to a boarding school after a while. And then he grew up, became an adult, became a painter. And he ended up moving back into the house um, when his mother grew ill and eventually died. So there was all the stuff that happened when he was young. And then later on, as an adult, um, he could be talking about him. So there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of Robert the Doll movies that are, they're kind of like, I don't know, lesser quality type movies. So I haven't actually watched them. Um so let's see trying to pick up your guys questions here so vanessa hogel um mentioned even on the funny side there are those who believe mano from the craft is an actual deity to pray to you used to watch the craft so i guess people people pray to the deities from the craft i never have (laughs) i mean you know before i would just go following like a sheep i want to do my research first you know definitely don't want to be like oh well look at what happens whenever they you know you know pray to pray to that one or this one or that one in the movie so i'm going to do that too and that's what's going to happen to me you can't can't do that um you know don't don't just blindly follow research forge your own path do your own thing do your own thing you don't have to do what everybody else is doing you'll be you'll be fine you'll be fine i promise i promise yeah but i i think it does become a thing with some of these different uh inspirations for moving not that necessarily you know people are worshiping freddy krueger or something like that but you take something like like valak you know the the demon nun in that okay the name was derived from you know the old goetic grimoires they pulled that out of a hat somewhere um they did mention the marquee of snakes and it is um or a, a quote-unquote president of hell which i don't think they actually mentioned in the movies it's called the marquee of snakes so you might have some people out there that start worshiping this thing 
if it's even real, because a lot of people will just say, well, the Gordic grimoires are just kind of like demon folklore and aren't really real. So that's all controversial. But still, they think, and Greg Rinkin pointed out that uh, he says, I can't count the number of people I've had to set straight on Valak. Um, the, the people think it's a nun, and it's not <laughs> at all. Yeah. It was a, uh, a little boy riding on a two-headed dragon. That's the demon. So... Um, they're saying down there that, that we need to come out with Haunted Road Media, the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot of it probably. <laughs> I mean, with as many F-bombs as I drop on this. <laughs> you can yeah. drop F-bombs in movies. I know, but dang. So Dang. <laughs> dang. Dang. All right. <laughs> so... Um, so I wanted to try this. We'll see if this works. Uh, we tested this with Vanessa Hogel the other week, and it worked. We got her on with a call-in to the show. So we're going to attempt a call-in if somebody wants to try to call in, and we'll answer a uh, question here that you guys might have. So I don't know how well you can see that. So call in the number six six nine nine hundred six eight three three. You have to enter in this meeting ID as well. Eight two nine eight two one four zero seven. So we'll see if anybody pops in, and if you do, then uh, we'll we'll answer a question. See if I can get on the right screen here. And um, of course, it's not on the right screen. There we go. Okay. So we'll see if that uh, kicks in with anything. All right. So I know. Long pause here. Dead air time. Dead air time. Because I lost my list of questions. It's mm -hmm. down here somewhere. Um, actually, I think we got all these questions. <laughs> Marcellus, but that's a good one. So what, what does Marcellus say? Uh, watching scary movies at a haunted location, can it stir up activity? And the answer is yes, it has for me, for sure. Um, when I lived in Alton, in the house that I lived in, which is kind of where everything started for me, um, any type of paranormal movie, any anytime there was any investigating going on in the movie and the show and the whatever um when they asked a question you know stuff would happen around me that wasn't happening before so um i would say yes very much very much so terry tormino chipper terry says my nephew is one of the animators that designed the nun that's pretty cool yeah that's really cool yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking on the industry. I mean, I, I, I love watching those different movies. It just, you know, it does have an effect on, you know, when we are investigating the paranormal and what people think that we do. Oh yeah, for for entertainment value, you know, those kind of movies and the people involved in them, that's great. It, it takes talent. Oh, to absolutely. To do the things, especially those animators, the people involved in making. You know, the stuff, you know, what it is in those movies that we're not knocking that at all. Not at all. So, um, well, here's, here's the, the topic, the subject matter of, you know, Valak. Now people think that Valak was a nun. Valak was never a nun. But for the movie. It works it for was, the movie. It works yeah. for the movie, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, now, like on our Haunted Road Media YouTube channel, I mean, we have the different ghost stories about, you know, different, like, ghost nuns, like the Faceless Nun at the college in Indiana, or um, the Black Nun, Sarah Whitehead from um, from London, you know, so, um, so it does cause you to go down some other rabbit holes and explore, you know, other stories and other folklore and other legends, and, uh, you know, learn about things that you didn't necessarily learn or new before um jesky wilson makes an interesting point here uh the craft charms all those shows made a lot of people want to become witches so that's like you like practical magic mm -hmm. you know not a horror movie but um but yeah th these things do inspire people to i mean i would think it in that sense <clears throat> excuse me um 
it allowed people to become more open-minded and not have this constant negative connotation about what witches are, that they were able to see that there's a more creative, you know, positive side to this. Yeah. I, for me, uh, when I decided to kind of start wandering down that path, it was after being exposed to women who had been dabbling in the craft since before those movies even came to be. <laughs> and I started meeting more of those types of people. And I wasn't getting any answers on the path that I was on, so I hopped over onto their path, and here I am. So um, it didn't work that way for me, but, you know, I can see, you know, others, you know, relating to them, being like, oh, well, yeah, I kind of, you know, have those thoughts, or I kind of think this is cool, and maybe, you know, maybe I should give it a shot, see what happens. And then they may find out, yeah, this is really not as cool as I thought it was going to be. Or they may be like, you know what? I feel a lot better about myself now. You know, and then look at this. I found some more people that, you know, I can relate to. And then, so it could happen that way for people. So we got a couple of uh, interesting questions coming in here. Um, if I would paste that into the right place. And I'm not. I'm just I'm butchering this. All right. So uh, Robert Hanna asked, Mike and Shauna, what was one horror movie that scared the crap out of you when you were very young? Hmm. When I was very young. I have to, I have to think about that because I didn't... When I was, like, very young, like, I mean, my, my parents, you know, had control of the TV. So <laughs> I didn't <laughs> see a lot of horror movies when I was really young. I mean, I remember catching a glimpse of some movie where there was a uh, a teddy bear that had um well what was it first there was the black cat that was going across the roof and then inside the the one room of the house there was a teddy bear and the the eye was bleeding or something so that that would be like from very young um i guess maybe moderately young maybe poltergeist when i first saw it I don't know. What about for you? Because I saw Poltergeist when um, I was like in this fourth is grade or something. I don't know. Off the subject, but candy can't get through. It says wireless callers cannot connect. Oh, okay. Um, Probably a lot of people are going to be using cell phones. They should be able to because I call into that or have called into that with the cell phone. So I don't know. I'll have to take a look into it. Vanessa called the other day. so I would just blame it on Frontier, Candy. Blame it on Frontier. Even if it's not their fault, it's their fault. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my sister and I watched The Exorcist together. Actually, when we were young children and it was in the house I later ended up living in. But she couldn't sleep with the lights on for a long time, with the lights off for a long time. Couldn't be in a room with lights off. And, you know, she was really too young to watch it, but I let her watch it anyway. So, okay. um, well, in my defense, they should have been more mindful of what we were watching on TV. Everybody yeah. was, all the adults were busy. So left to my own devices, I let my, you know, younger sister watch a movie that she shouldn't have and it gave her nightmares um i don't even arachnophobia <laughs> oh okay yeah anything with spiders I mean, was scary yeah oh, oh no no um and i was older when i watched this one uh but silent hill okay Oof. uh okay. with the mannequin spider mm -hmm. the mannequin spider where it had the different anything with spiders for her stuff well, that was creepy, though. I mean, it would take, like, mannequin heads and stick it on each of its legs, and it was... Ugh. I mean, even not just that it was a spider, but just that it had, like, these oversized mannequin doll heads on its legs and stuff like that. Have oh, you well, ever seen it? I haven't. What? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to be I have time to watch video. everything. I want to be sending you the video. Like, I had nightmares about that thing. Oh my God, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. 
Yeah, Giovanni Fitzgerald throws down on the chat. The omen back in the eighties. Yeah, whenever you have like a demon oh, child, yeah, that's that pretty was creepy. A good one. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, so Zippy asks, what are your thoughts about the exorcism of Emily Rose? So inspired off of the Annalise Michelle case, uh, which I thought the, uh, the take on the exorcism, exorcism of Emily Rose was, was a nice change of pace because it focused on the court case. And then you got the backstory of the exorcism and all that, rather than just, you know, here's, you know, here's somebody that, you know, what, catches a demon, almost like they, you know, catch a, catch the flu, you know, and then they slowly get worse and worse and worse until they finally, you know, full possession, and then we'll call on the priest and, you know, we'll hold her down and, you know, uh, you know, all of that stuff until finally somebody says, well, you know, put the demon into me, and the demon goes into them, and then they die, and that's, it's not only the exorcist that that happened there are other exorcism movies that use that same device um but that seemed to be like the architecture of, of all those type of exorcism movies so the exorcism of emily rose was like i said a refreshing change of pace because it actually uh featured the court trial rather than the exorcism the exorcism or in the exorcism part of it was just the backstory uh, that led up to the court case so I thought it was well well conceived idea. I thought Salem's Law was kind of creepy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Salem's Any Lot. of those Children of the Corn movies? Ugh. I didn't like them either. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I, it's funny because you know all all the the kids in in all those movies used to creep me out, but you know now I'm all about them. You know, of course, in the movies they make you know children you know ghosts of children they're always like these terrible things you know but um i don't feel like that's true all the time now yeah i I don't know i i think when you do have like the possessed demon kids and stuff like that that's that kind of like is really freaking creepy um okay well somebody connected here so we'll try it here. Put on your headphones. Maybe, maybe it was. Hang on. I know dead air time again here because we're going to get the little <laughs> headphones on. So we're trying to call in here. So. Hello, you're on the air with Beyond the Shadows. How you doing? I'm, I'm Mike. I saw it's Tim Show. Hey, Tim. How's hey. it going? I, I didn't know if my phone would work or not, but... Uh, so it, it must be yeah. Frontier. <laughs> Sorry, it, it, Candy. Well, yeah, we're, I, we're all not real fond of Frontier, I know. So what's your question, Tim? Great to have you on the air. Well, I was... You know, you, you talked about uh, the effects of different movies on paranormal culture, and we talked about how, you know, certain movies reflect differently for entertainment purposes, but I was curious... Is there any movie that you feel accurately reflects what really happened? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we talked about the others, and I think that that was a very good reflection of how it works. Um, not a horror movie, but the movie The Gift. It kind of uh, does a good job of reflecting. It's lots like you said I've talked to say that that really accurately reflects how um, psychic abilities work. Um, there's another one that's like that too. That does, um, the Sixth Sense. And Tim, you have you need to turn down your volume over there. Yeah, I've got. Hang out so I can hear. There. Okay. Okay. That. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm lagging behind too. That's all right. Yeah, because the uh, the your volume was coming through here, and so we were basically had a bunch of feedback. Um, okay, it's muted now. Okay, very good. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the others, if if that's the way things work, I think would be a, a decent reflection of that. Um, and then two movies that I've been told by psychics that do a good job of accurately reflecting how their abilities work are the gift and 
uh, The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to watch The Sixth Sense. I haven't gotten around to that. I got a whole bunch of them on my to watch list thanks to your Halloween video last year. Oh, and I got to throw this out there. Santiago Cirillo just joined. Hi, yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> we love Santi. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just saw him this weekend at Silcon. So, um, so yeah, uh, Tim, if you haven't seen Sixth Sense yet, you definitely need to go uh, watch that one. That one is an absolute classic. Um, so we won't give away the, the twist ending on you. But, um, yeah, that, that's uh, a way that... Uh, uh, psychics have said it really accurately portrays the way some of their abilities work. So, so all right. Thank you for joining, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for the opportunity to call in and say hi to both of you. I'm going to head back to Facebook Live. I'll be in there if I have any more questions. All right. Sounds great. Awesome. Take care. Thank <laughs> you. Take care. All right, so that was our first call in, Tim Schoen. Awesome. (laughs) So, um, yeah, your sister saying uh, Sixth Sense is really good movie, Twisty Turny. Mm Stacey Comiskey is also saying that The Gift was really good. Yeah. um, Yeah, both of those movies, uh, psychics have told me, people that really have those abilities have said that those two really do a good job of accurately portraying the way it works for them. So, um, cool. Uh, where else do we want to go down this rabbit hole with this? Because we've hit on a lot of different um, pieces of conversation with this. Um, you know, the the fact that I think it's going to be a uh, an ongoing struggle. You know, um, you know, as we look toward the future here, when it comes to the horror movie genre which again I, I find very entertaining very fascinating there are elements that are included within these movies that uh, and, and I guess this is the thing is that um, you know take it as entertainment know that what you're seeing is a fictional story but take those little elements that are sprinkled in there that might be like you know, based off of true like when we talk about Valak okay look up who Valak really is you know, look up what those goetic grimoires really were. There are, there's history behind those. Mm-hmm. You know, so dive into that. Anything that has to do with any of those, when they start talking about like um, old books and texts in the movies, or some sort of you know world history that was associated with this place, or you know some sort of legend, you know, look those things up. Find out more information about it. Um, I, I think that's something. For me, I mean, that's how I got inspired into a lot of this is, you know, when it comes to the movies, when it comes to some of the books that it's like, okay, this was interesting. Let me find out some more. So I think that's um, as far as the the future is concerned, um, you know, learn from it, learn from it. Terry Tormino, the first Halloween movie was pretty scary. Oh, I love the, I watch that every Halloween, actually. The first Halloween movie. Yep, Absolutely. Um, oh, you know what? Not, you're, Robert Hanna's right. I should have done it. And Tim Schoen was on the phone. This episode of Beyond the Shadows brought to you by Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. <laughs> Had to do it. Um, yeah, Nick Millet, the truth is definitely out there. So... I mean, I th- so I think there are things that can be learned, uh, you know, from from the various horror movies. You know, it can be a thrill, but there are things to learn as well. And it, I guess it kind of depends on where the, the, the writers and the director are pulling their inspiration from that maybe you can get a glimpse inside the rabbit hole that they are starting to go down. So... Um, Completely different. Off, it's an off-topic question, Megan Huntsbury. I don't catch your lies much. What made you guys investigate that building in Vendelia? I actually lived right down the road from there for a while. Take it away, Shauna. Actually, it was a friend of ours uh, that we had met through Lee Ehrlich. Uh, his name's Chris Mason, and he was very good friends with the owner of the building in Vandalia. And he says, hey, I have a spot for you guys and actually I got to go before Mike did 
um, and went there and he said he told about some of his experiences and stuff there and it sounded pretty cool so I was like yeah you know I, I gotta go and I would love to be able to go there more often so there's there's a lot going on there um, if if it's allowed I highly recommend you know well we contacted um, this this last time that we went which was I guess a little over a year ago now we made contact with both of the child's birds, the one that's there running around in the flower shop and then the other one that's upstairs and we got a name for the one mm-hmm. so you know we've we've started to make progress there and so that's um that really adheres to the idea of continuing to go back continuing to go back continue to go back that it's not just one investigation you get some you know activity and you say well my meter lit up or i got a photo you know or whatever that you no know, there's there's more to it than that and so you know it's an it's an ongoing investigation that you go back again and again and again and again santiago Cirilla says when we filmed rosalie at potstown elementary in elementary if i can speak uh we had a crazy amount of paranormal activity very cool so haunted school we've done some haunted schools yeah so but see that's another thing too is that sometimes these uh you know these different horror movies are filmed at places that are haunted so like we had um oh geez kyle 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 mecca mm-hmm. on here uh the writer and director of um the dwelling dwelling actually is no the um and where they filmed that hospital had been very haunted even the house that they investigated they had a little bit of stuff going on in the house but the barn in the back which they didn't actually use in the movie was very haunted so that can happen too where locations that you're actually filming at are actually very haunted so um question from Marcellus Wilinski what is the best movie that depicts fairies um (laughs) I you know, I. That's tough because okay, and here's why it's tough is because we're still trying to figure out what exactly the f- fairies are, the fae folk are. You know, there's all that legend and folklore, and you know, you, you pick up a book on fairies, right, and you start leafing through it, and it's all like this hierarchy and social structure of the the fae people. But you know, my question is, who sat down with the with the fae, with the fairies, and asked, "Okay, so what's your social structure, and how is all this mapped out? What are your what's your different hierarchy?" I mean, it didn't happen. Their their legends and folklore are handed down throughout you know hundreds, if not thousands, of years. So there's a lot to sift through. But we started that research because we had experienced something that we thought, if there really are fairies, then this is probably it. You know, um, you know, we had the illuminated ball, illuminated ball of light that was dancing all over the place, but started off as like a bar of light and then started waving like maybe wings and then was all over the place in the air. You know, it's like bend it a little bit. You said come up like a little V and then it was. Yeah, like, it was like a little V on the ground like that. So it was like there was something, somebody really, really tiny emitting its own light standing there on the ground. Um, there was, we could take these off now. Yeah, there was no other plausible explanation for yeah. it considering the layout of the structure that we were in and the fact that you know nobody there was only one source of light and it was it was my not, flashlight that was yeah, on the floor was sitting on the floor pointing out in a direction where everything else was not and um it just if if we had to describe it you know i've seen i've seen balls of light before but they did not behave like this particular ball of light you know say orbs orbs you know i've i've seen the balls of light that gave off their own their own light <laughs> you know it wasn't a dust orb but i didn't capture it in a picture i didn't have light on it just i'm in the room and all of a sudden you know and then it would you know it would the motion it wasn't it wasn't a bug it wasn't dust you know there's i will try to blow off everything as non-paranormal first and then every once in a while something will happen like that and be like i don't have an explanation for that but even with all the 
balls that I've seen that have given off their own light, this one was much different than that. And so, you know, I, I have to say that, but I've not really seen any movies that. Yeah, I can't think of a movie that depicts a fairy like that. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, the old Peter Pan cartoon from Disney would show Tinkerbell as like a, it was a little ball of light flying around sometimes, which I guess is probably why we thought, you know, maybe fairy because of that kind of effect. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like, okay, there's the new show Carnival Row from Amazon. So this, you know, definitely not full-size human being with wings, you know, um, which is an interesting show if you can if you get past the fact of what it's not it's not high fantasy it's not very magical and mystical like you would think fairy a fairy thing would be it's just it's like 19th century london that has fey folk um so it's a it's a cross-genre show if you get past that it's a decent show um yeah so it's definitely not that i'm just i can't really think of one that picks what we saw in the way we saw it yeah i <laughs> marcellus so he, he remembers when i told him about it he thought i lost it i was like you know what i i it took me a minute to kind of wrap you know my mind around it because i you know i've seen i've seen apparitions i've seen shadows i've seen you know balls like you know this with this was so different from that and so I like you know I want to say it might be you know a spirit of some type but it just doesn't act like one and I'm like you know you know and then we had to you know we believe in spirits we believe in you know all these things if you believe in one thing you kind of have to research the rest of it too you know have I ever seen a demon probably not but I'm sure they exist you know, not as often as people think they do, but yeah. pretty sure, you know, they do. Um, not a religious person, but do I believe there's angels out there? Yeah, probably. I've never seen one, to my knowledge, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, so, do fairies exist? If I believe in other realms of existence, if I believe in spirits, I have to kind of you know well say that that's there too i just want to see it here's what it comes down to all of these legends and folklore are they are based on some sort of truth somebody at some point in time witnessed something and their kernel of truth is in that story and over all the hundreds or maybe even thousands of years you know the other stories and everything else was built on top of that and built on top and built on top until it became this huge fantastical thing. But somewhere in there was the original sighting that somebody saw and took back to their people and said, I saw this. And then they probably told that story over and over again. Like, I saw this, I saw this. Maybe they're, and maybe they started sitting around the campfire and like, you know, we're, um, we're going to talk about, you know, Biff's story. You know, he saw the kid on the bread or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that you know and from that sitting around the campfire this the story got expounded upon um that happens that's you know your your legends and folklore for you so somewhere in there is the original truth we just don't know what it is um melanie baggy says that uh we should write a fairy screenplay the subject matter really hasn't been explored at all that much in movies um yeah yeah it, it really not too much not too much just uh usually with kid stuff you know like you know fairy godmothers and things like that um but as far as like the fey folk not really like carnival rose like the first thing in like years i can think of and it's like a very different take than what we thought it was going to be um still cool once you to me you had to get through the first three episodes and then once the fourth kick the the show took off so Mar Marcel Walensky says, St. Omer Cemetery by Ashmore State. It's a group of investigator friends of my witness at night, this strange glowing lights, not lightning bugs. We've only always been there in the day. Yeah. I've got to be honest, though. That place, um, and, and I went, I was hoping for some Caroline Barnes 
energy, you know. The, well, you got the kids. But I didn't get her at all. I mean, I showed up, I was like, hey, sister, what's going on? You know, um, because that's, you know, the, the local, you know, witch, you know, legend there. And I was hoping to interact with her, get some kind of action over by where she was at. Uh, but that didn't happen to me at all. It was all of the children buried there. And there was this one spot, and I, and I just couldn't get away from it. Like usually, I've got a really good, you know, shit on kind of like buffer some of it out, but um, not this time. Because usually, you can walk away from something that's uncomfortable, and you can kind of get your bearings again. But just every time I turned around and looked down, there was a child buried there, a child buried there, and then there's this one spot where I just wanted to crawl in there and just lay down and just, yeah, it, it was it was terrible. So that's what that cemetery does to me. Um, we don't really go in a lot of cemeteries at night. Local law enforcement. Yeah, local stuff. law enforcement kind of you know we, squash on that. Um, if you if you call them, you know. Yeah, you have to mind. arrange it if you know somebody. So, uh, Melanie Baggy, uh, is it worthwhile? She's referring back to Carnival Row, gotten mixed reviews. So, I did a uh, podcast review of it. So, if you go to Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on you go Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes. Stitcher, um, it's on there, uh, Google as well, and you can listen to that. I think it's like nine minutes or whatever, so I, I give a decent review. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. like I say, you gotta, if you get that backstory for the first three episodes and kind of get an understanding of what's going on, because you might be confused there for a little while, um, and get to like episode four, it kind of takes off in episode four. Um, so, Santiago had a good yeah, he has comment. A, Yes. Oh, I see a story. Yeah, and then I have one for my sister too. Okay, so the the Rolling Hills is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. From San, okay, from Santiago, it says I was attacked by hundreds of orbs at Rolling Hills Asylum in New York. It was the room and hallway where most of the scratches and attacks happen, but I attracted nothing but positive energy that they were hungry for. I passed out and woke up in another room. That's freaky. <laughs> that is. I will be going to Rolling Hills here. Yeah, at we're, the end of September. Yeah, add that add that to the list. I'll get there someday. Yep. So we'll check out. Um, yeah, I mean, if they were like illuminated balls of light and going after them, I mean, I wonder if they're almost like your twinkles. Well, or a little, okay. maybe a little different. I don't so, know. So Santiago, and you say like, like there's stuff that follows me around, and they look like little like one twinkling star. There's not ever more than one at the same time, um, but I refer to them as twinkles. They, oh, look, there's a twinkle. You know, it just blinks one time, like like an airplane in the sky or whatever, and then if it's in motion, I'll see it blink again. Um, that's that's the kind of stuff whenever I say that's, that's what I'm talking about. So what you're talking about, is that actually like the balls of, like they give off their own light and stuff like that because you know i see those once in a while too but i kind of credit those to being you know i, I call them fairies i just do yeah they, they, they seem like yellow. it you know as far as like what we've you know kind of like your first idea of what a fairy might be it's kind of like well yeah. and even though th- the thing that we saw on um the golden rod we're like okay maybe a water sprite or any of those like related terms or even like the thing down at the um the locks yeah. Yeah. So, um, Candy Orton says 2010 to 2015 Lost Girl TV series is about the Fae. It was pretty good. I, I'm not familiar with it. So, Mm-mm, I'm not either. Yeah. Uh, My sister. Sedona says, I've seen Twinkles. So cool. So, yeah. Another I person mean, seen tell me like about you. it because, you know, all of a sudden after being on the boat, you know, it was when I first started seeing them, and then now I see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, he does too. Not as often as she does, but yeah, I'll see him sometimes. Yeah, um, I. Antonia Rogers, what do you guys think of great balls of light, not orbs, but bigger? So there's actually a legend in Calhoun, uh, Harden, and near Harden, Illinois, near Godar's Diamond, Godar's Landing. My sister knows where that's at. You know. Um. But there's supposed to be this big ball of light. Uh, these couple of guys, whatever, were in a boat there at Godar's Landing. And then all of a sudden, this older man wearing coveralls and whatever. I'll have to look it up and show it to you because it's it's one of the local legends. Uh, but it started out, they saw this great big fireball. And then the next thing they know, they got this 
the old man in the boat. So oh, okay. uh, my sister, I got to say this before I forget it, uh, was one of the pictures that we took at the cafe. And I think it was the picture um, that had Byron in it. But there were a couple of other pictures and, and it looked like there were just eyes everywhere, you know, but knowing now what I really wasn't too familiar with then when it came to analyzing pictures is that sometimes people see faces and stuff and it's not really faces. Um, that doesn't mean that anybody did anything to the picture. It's just that like if you're looking at a spot on the wall and if you look at it long enough, oh, it looks like a picture of Jesus, you know. <laughs> Or it looks like, a, oh, that's a man's face. It's a man's face. Um, it could be uh, matrixing or it could be, but pareidolia is, is what it's called whenever people see faces all the time, you know. So that's what that means. I, you know, I have to find those pictures again and look at them, but they're probably not real faces. Um probably just your sometimes your eyes just play tricks on you uh yeah the the ones where you see faces in the balls i'm not into that but um the very first time i went to black bear church in uh middle of nowhere in oklahoma walk in the moment i walk in there's this ball of light it's in the church take a photo it's a huge illuminated ball of light so that yes that's something but then Later on, I'm taking these photos, and people always talk about things looking in the windows. And so, you know, I was getting some basically dust orbs, you know, in the windows, but they were like a little brighter than usual. They had like a more defined outline. And some of the people are like, oh, you can see something in there. And that must be one of the, you know, uh, you know, must be the spirit energy of one of the shadow people that come up and look through the windows. And it's like, no, <laughs> not, not those, but that big, huge one when I first walked in, yeah. So, um, what about, we're winding down toward the end here, the, uh, the charm series. I like it. Yeah. I liked it. Um, you know, I, stuff doesn't, at least not for me anyway, uh, stuff does not happen for me like that in the world of witchcraft the glamours the the you know about it i don't really think it happens that way i just don't i'd have to i'd have to see it to believe it right now i'm saying i don't believe it just because i've never seen it um have i seen things work for people yeah, you know, but I, I've not seen them, you know, aim a ball of light at anybody and shoot it and poof, <laughs> you know, now they've got a tail or they're gone or whatever. Well, see, that's my that my that short adventures in Reiki. I always wanted, because I can, I can get that energy ball right here between my hands. I've always wanted to, like, push it out or, like, throw it at somebody, but, you know, not be invisible like that to actually, like, become, like, you know, electric blue energy or something. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work like that. So I'm seeing a lot of questions down in here from Nick Moulet, Robert Hanna, and some others about fairies, gnomes, leprechauns, things like that. We're going to have to do a show on that. that, (laughs) It's like that's way off topic from, you know, where we're going. I mean, I guess you could talk about the movie leprechaun versus what real leprechauns are. Um, I mean, that's completely fictional and fantastical based Mm -hmm. very loosely on the leprechaun legends from Ireland. Um, Kind of like what we were talking about before. They're taking a couple little possible facts and like running with it. So, um, so we'll do that another time. Maybe we'll do that next week or something. Since you guys are looking for uh, questions on that, um, yeah. So, all right. I think we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up. So Sherry's saying that would be cool uh, if we did that. So thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight too, because yeah, we're a bit over our hour mark here. So uh, thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us, talking about the effects of horror movies on paranormal culture. I think we covered this from a number of different angles (laughs) and um, started getting into some other more kind of general 
topics of investing in the paranormal and our experiences and mythical creatures. So, <laughs> but hey, you know, that's what a lot of the movies are based off of. And so I think it's just, it, it comes down to making sure, you know, at least from our perspective, as we continue to enter the rabbit hole beyond the shadows, the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel, the books, all of that, that, you know, as people, you know, watch these things and they develop questions that, you know, we try to steer them in the right direction, kind of give as much accurate information as we can. Again, most of the things that we deal with are theoretical anyway. So, you know, there's still the big question mark out there over what it all is. But, um, Valak is not a demon nun. That much I know. <laughs> <laughs>